Did you know the average movie costs way more than you'll probably ever make in your entire lifetime? Movies are an expensive business, and when they crash, they crash hard. But why'd they fail? Was it bad timing, a bad film, or just bad luck? Let's take a look and try to see where it went wrong, if you could have seen it coming, and what wounds turned out to be fatal. I'm Matt. I'm Steve. And this... ...is the Autopsy Report. So, Matt, Hmm? I have come into $500 million. Don't ask questions. Uh, But I need you to deliver me the next hit franchise that I can give you this $500 million to use. What is it right now? You have 10 seconds. Well, lucky for you, I always have a cinematic universe in my back pocket. Five. Let me tell you this. Four. The Parker Brothers Cinematic Universe. I know what you're thinking. Now, hold on, because it already sounds great, but it gets better. (laughs) We start off, first movie, right out the gate, Monopoly. Everybody knows it. Everybody loves it. The story of a man, a greedy man, who wants control of everything. So he's destroying all his competition, abolishing the anti-Monopoly laws until he owns it all. And you're like, wow, that was a good movie, but how do you follow it up? Clue. All right? He invites all his old competitors uh, over. Yes. Wow. All his, the old CEOs, he's ran out of business. They're all gathered for a night at his home. He wants to apologize, throw him a nice dinner. <gasps> Power goes out. He's dead. Some, everybody in this room had something to gain from his death. But who did it? Who? And then when you, you know, at this point, you're on the edge of your seat. You need more from this cinematic universe. I do. Sign me up. So next up, we're going a little dark. Ouija. Wait, what? The yeah. Ouija board is... The Ouija board. Is a Parker Brothers... That is a Parker Brothers property. Huh. And it's third in line. We're in the dark one now. He's coming back. Oh, he's been murdered. Now he's haunting everybody. And he is pissed. That's probably not a good thing when you get a ghost after you that's pissed. But finally, all right, it's all coming together. This is our Avengers. Oh, this, uh, there's a four? This is four. This is a number a four. Trilogy. This okay. is what it's all been building to. No, we're done with trilogies. Trilogies were in the 90s, dude. Cinematic universes now. This is what we've all been building to. Risk. Now, here's... Let me give you the setup. His company grew so big, it owns the entire world. And when there's no more competition, you become the competition. (laughs) A bunch of people break off from the company, form their own companies. Now we got a bunch of little companies all fighting for control of the world. There's your cinematic universe. Well, Parker Brothers cinematic universe. And you think we finally made it. We're all the way there. Beautiful. But we're not done yet. We got one more movie. Sorry. Because we're sorry we made one more and we didn't want it anymore. <laughs> well, uh, I'd like to give you this $500 million, but it, I only have it in Bitcoin, and it's now also worth $5. So Ooh. Uh, enjoy that. You can write all five scripts for $5, right? Um... Yes, probably. <laughs> See, now, my idea for a cinematic universe was uh, the Coca-Cola company and mm-hmm. their branding. Because, I mean, you have all the great sodas. You know, I mean, they already had, like, the, f- the Fantanas. Fanta? It was, like, the like Fanta the Fanta girls that danced. Oh, uh, like Juana Fanta. Yeah, Don't exactly. Yeah, See, they're already, like, halfway there. I mean, and Coca-Cola is, like, synonymous with going to the movies. Well, almost every theater chain. You just think like they'd make a film about 
with like animated or even live action. I would see a live action Mr. Pibb. <laughs> it's like, is it about Mr. Pibb striving to get his uh, doctorate so he could live up to the legacy of his well, more well known friend, maybe Dr. Pepper? Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like a, or I would say it's like the founder, but just with Mr. Pibb. I don't oh. know. I actually didn't see the founder, but it's like you know, it's a. I wait a biopic. I wait for Sprite. I'll be like the the colorful uh, offshoot one that's like different than the other one. Yeah, it's the Guardians of the Galaxy of the Coca Cola. You got like universe. you got Mellow Yellow, which could be like your stoner comedy. There you go. Is that yeah? I mean, yeah, that's it. Forget no, Mellow Yellow, still a thing. And you have like Coca Cola and then Cherry Coke. This is like the sequel, or the is is Cherry Coke like the Miss Pac Man to the Pac Man? That's sexist. A man is dead, obviously not of natural cause. It's a situation that will call for a medical legal autopsy. We're talking cinematic universes because we got the next hot one right here. Ah, there's nowhere to go! Oh no, we're gonna die! Please, Bill, let me think! We're gonna die because of you! Just let me think! What? I'm thinking! What are you thinking? I'm thinking we're probably going to die here. I knew it! Let me set the mood for you. Oh, God. Is that what these candles are for? It's weird you bring candles to a podcast. No, I just bring those everywhere. <laughs> I like the smell cinnamon constantly. So, in the current Hollywood climate, nothing is more desired than a franchise. Except maybe the crown jewel of franchises... A cinematic universe. Is this a press release you read? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Like them or hate them, Marvel Studios changed the cinema landscape 10 years ago with Iron Man. Now everybody wants a cinematic universe. Was it? Is it Iron Man they're they're saying that? Iron Man was the first movie in the MCU. Oh, okay. All right. And when it originally came out, a lot of studios thought Marvel was crazy for trying to make this giant universe of mo- interconnected movies and now everyone's trying to do it they're all chasing this 13.5 billion dollar franchise wanting a piece of that pie so you're universal and you're looking at what you got and yeah. you're saying i got an idea we're gonna make our own cinematic universe by dragging out everybody's favorite superheroes i mean monsters <laughs> The universal monsters. <laughs> monsters of the past, 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 past. But set in modern day. In Mission Impossible The Mummy, Tom Cruise <laughs> plays a 54-year-old young man who has to save hey, the world. 50 is the new 30, okay? He's literally called a young man at one point in this movie. I just want to point that out. And he has to save the world, I guess, from an evil supernatural being <laughs> in this generic blockbuster, which feels and looks like a generic blockbuster. That along, was not from the press release. <laughs> along for the ride is Dr. Love Interest and Zombie Nick from New Girl. <laughs> also, God. there's a mummy with not one, but two eyes. Uh, and Russell Crowe's in it. She's got four irises. Two eyes, four irises. Two pupils, sorry. Two pupils. Well, the, isn't that four? You already have you have two two pupils in each eye. There you go. <laughs> and also Russell Crowe. Also Russell Crowe. He plays an important part in this, though. Let's not let's not discount. But we'll get into like the spoilery talk about it. 
Uh, I'm going to spoil it right now. It sucks. Well, besides that, the details as to why it sucks, because that's what people tune in for, is just ripping Universal a new asshole. This mm. is our second time now after Waterworld. You know what it's is also, also weird, I noticed? Um, we've started two podcasts now, and both of them, the movies we're talking about, begin with the Universal logo doing something. Doing something special. Doing something special. Yeah. The first the kiss of death for a <laughs> film at the box office. Quit fucking with your logos, people. Yeah. Apparently, as cool as it was in Waterworld, I feel not like, so cool here. I feel like Universal does that a lot, though. Now that I think back on it, I'm going to have to notice. I feel like they've done another one. Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But this one turns to sand and blows away. Well, and not that, but then it also flips around and oh, we get yeah. the dark universe. That's a, there's actually, logo. I think, one of the trailers it blows to sand. The other one is like, oh, hey, yeah, that's right. We're doing this whole universe thing. Let's have it flip around. The goddamn gall of them, first of all. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'll get into that later. But the, <laughs> right off the bat, the goddamn gall with that dark universe. The on these folks. The size of those globes. The pathologist should have arrangements worked out so that he will be called to the crime scene by the CID investigator in any case involving violent death or death under suspicious circumstances. Universal, I feel, had one idea setting out to make this movie. Turn your monster collection into the next MCU and milk, milk that shit for billions of dollars. All right? So they hire a guy known for making by-the-numbers blockbusters to ensure they have a safe by-the-numbers blockbusters. And that's in uh, the director, Alex Kurtzman. Kurtzman? Kurtzman? I think it's a U. It's a U sound, not a Kretz. And so who is mostly a screenwriter, uh, he's written tons of by-the-numbers He's done a lot Shitty. of TV, too. A lot yeah. of uh, formulaic television. Not to mention uh, Transformers. Ugh. Transformers. Uh, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, which He's... killed the Amazing Spider-Man fran- uh, series. Um, he's one of J.J. Abrams He's guys, written Star Trek's but he's not reboots. Good. The first two. I mean, this is... Although, give him credit, he was like one of the co-executive producers of Hercules: The Legendary Journeys. Oh, that saves everything. And I think, I think though, if you look back at it on that, like you think, well, this is this is about as good as that was going to be with him, because those are really hokey. If you go back and watch them now, oh man, he peaked. Yeah, he definitely peaked. So, yeah, so they bring in this guy, and they also Universal says, let's get a star that will draw people and put butts in the seats in Tom Cruise. And honestly, you could argue that it's not a terrible plan. Tom Cruise, like him or hate him, is proven. He, uh, his movies have made $3.2 billion Damn. domestically wow. and almost $8 billion internationally. The last two Mission Impossible movies, which this movie very you know looks and feels like, Almost like they're trying to trick you. The supernatural Mission Impossible. Uh, I mean, the last two of those though made seven hundred million dollars each worldwide. Wow. So Tom Cruise, and he's uh, according to the numbers, he is the number. He's number one on their bankability index. Oh wow! 
So he is a draw. I mean, in a way, they have him listed as his value is calculated at nearly $18 million per movie. So by signing Tom Cruise, they're saying at le- you're getting at least $18 million. I guess. I don't know. Is that what that means? I, maybe. I don't know. That's, that seems like, I, well, I guess that's a lot for one person. I don't know. I, I feel as low, actually. Number two in that list, by the way, Sandra Bullock. At sixteen million, huh? But I mean, in in Kurtzman, how do we discuss Kurtzman? Turdsman, Turdsman, Turdsman yeah. also, uh, you know, brings in the money by the numbers. He has ten movies uh, that he has a credit as a screenwriter, and those movies have made four billion dollars worldwide. Wow! So obviously, Universal is looking at the receipts and only the receipts when they're planning this movie. And they're seeing money, money, money. This is going to be money. Observe the wounds without disturbing them at this time. Did this bring them money? It did not. Oh, man, did it not. Estimated 125000 125, That would be amazing. $125 million production budget uh, is, is a lot of money, uh, in case you didn't know that. Um, and a domestic gross... At eighty million dollars right now, the the wild thing too is actually if you're looking at the budget, Box Office Mojo has one twenty five listed, yeah. but the numbers has one ninety five listed. Oh, so there seems to be some some you know leeway. Some so not everybody quite knows how so, much. Yeah, this either thing costs. it they, really bombed or it only sort of bombed. Not so bad. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. There is an art uh, an article that came out by Deadline Hollywood, where they reported that this movie had a combined budget, included marketing, of three hundred and forty five million. So if we're looking at that three hundred and forty five million, isn't this movie made four hundred and ten? But these, this article is actually pretty detailed, where it broke it down and it tells you about how you know when you say they made four hundred and ten, you got to remember that you got to take international cut from that. Yeah, you got to take. Uh, they don't get every cent from a ticket sold either. Nope. That's just how much the tickets generate. Right. So they said when you added it all together that this movie was losing $95 million at that point. <sighs> just to put into perspective, I mean, let's look at its its opening weekend real quick. You talk about, well, you know, did this movie bomb? I mean, but this is a movie that was very hyped. They were, had tons of marketing. They are really pushing it. And this movie didn't even come out at number one. <laughs> this was beaten by Wonder Woman, which was in its second weekend. Wonder mm. Woman, which, of course, had a wonderful summer. I see what you did there. But this movie, uh, it, it came out to $31.6 million. Below estimates. They quickly dropped their estimates when they saw it was tracking very <laughs> bit poorly. And for comparison... This movie did worse than in its opening weekend than any of the other Mummy movies. The much superior Brendan Fraser Mummy movie beat this movie. The sequel Mummy Returns beat this movie. Even the spin-off The Scorpion King starring The Rock <laughs> beat this movie in its opening weekend. And that was years ago. That was. I mean, the first Mummy came out in 1999. A long time ago. Well, not the first Mummy. The first Mummy came out in like 1934 or whatever, but... The Brendan Fraser Mummy, which is this, which this is essentially sort of a re may reboot. I think they took Actually, a no. little. No, no. Did you notice 
the book of the dead or whatever from the Brendan Fraser mummy makes an appearance in this movie. Really? I did not. When he, she hits a guy with the book in the, in the laboratory thing or whatever. Oh. And they, they show it. And I was like, that book looks really familiar. And then I read so, on the, the trivia, like that was the book from the mummy. So there's two mummies? Yeah, there's more than one mummy. Emotap's still out there? Did you not in theory? listen to the part where they find this mummy in Persia? Which is highly un. Yeah, but I mean, there's technically mummies all over the place. Yeah, Most but it's an Egyptian mummy is, in is, Persia. Is supernatural beings. Well, whatever. All right. So they're also I on that note, in the same universe. So they're actually making the Brendan Fraser movies part of the Dark oh, Universe. Oh no! Please don't. <laughs> they're, they're retroactively <laughs> retroactively ruining this movies. But that movies. means that a a hundred and some year old Brendan Fraser can appear in the next mummy movie. Uh, he'll be a mummy too. <laughs> yeah. They're all mummies. That's the, the mummy too. More mummies. More mummies. More money's more problem. N- not for Universal. <laughs> I mean, but to point to to jump back to that point real quick, the mummy the the Brendan Fraser mummy made four hundred and sixteen million worldwide. Which is a little more than this movie made, but you gotta remember that was also before the international market really blew up to what it is today. Mm. And on without inflation. Yeah. So that Brendan Fraser movie kicked this movie's ass. And I just wanted to point that out because that Brendan Fraser movie is awesome. It's a very special place in Matt's heart. It's very special. Honestly, it's probably one of my Desert Island movies. I could just watch Mm. it over and over. It's entertaining. I haven't watched it in a while, but I always enjoyed it. Even the sequel, which I. Yeah, the returns has some good parts. CGI creepy rock is not one of them. Oh yeah, the CGI rock is early early PlayStation so Two graphics rock. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do remember that. That sticks out. And this this movie quickly fell off. I mean, it didn't take long before it was uh, only five weeks before Seemed it was like the turd that it is. Yeah, before it was making under a million dollars. Five weeks and it was Man. gone, in and out of here. Like me at a party. <laughs> I'm here, I show my face, and I'm going. It's, you don't even show you don't even go to the party. That's right. That's the truth. This shouldn't have shown. This shouldn't have this should have been like me. Yeah, I right? went to the party. We all would have been better off. <laughs> Just like when why I don't go to parties. We're all better off. Good point. After photographs have been taken, the pathologist's work begins in earnest. So Steve, let's talk about what went wrong. This movie came out, and it turded. <laughs> that's, a, that's not really a word, but I'll, I'll allow it. Why did it turd? Um, well, oh, I don't even know where to start on that, on that one. I think one of the big things with what went wrong is the studio didn't realize that what they wanted was shit. Because <laughs> what went wrong to them, everything went right. And I think they're yeah, trying to spin this point. now. And they're trying to spin this so fucking hard that if I was in America around, you're getting your ass launched off. Because the spin machine is going. They're pointing fingers at Tom Cruise. Mm. There's a ton of articles pointing oh, fingers at Tom Cruise. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the studio sources saying that Tom Cruise had a lot of control and influence on the project. But they set up all the pieces to lead to exactly what they got. Yeah. I think they got exactly what they wanted. They just had no idea that what they wanted was shit. Yep. Because they are just completely out of touch. Yeah, I don't I don't think there was as much of like ineptitude or like crazy production problems that might 
have come on other movies. Like, I think this literally was just, they executed a really terrible idea. They, and they lined up all the dominoes and then wondered, why did these dominoes fall? After we pushed these dominoes, <laughs> we brought in generic blockbuster guy. They why did to play we checkers get checkers and they're playing <laughs> Terrible generic blockbuster. You know they had Tom Cruise do Tom Cruise highlight reel. Yeah, they, they you know they had a safe bet, proven star power, and it's like it, the decisions were what was wrong. I mean, I mean Jesus. they did have they have six people credited on the screenplay. Well, three on the screenplay, three on the screen story. And I'm always, I'm always leery of that on on some of these bigger budget things because it's like, you've got the screen story could be like a couple guys came up with the story like Kurtzman and Jenny Lumet, mm-hmm. uh, she was also one of the producers I think, so yeah they come up with the story okay cool and then they get the screenwriter and they do it but then it's like you have David Coep who who did write Jurassic Park and a bunch of other stuff, uh, and then Christopher McQuarrie. And then Dylan Cussman, and well, I don't know into what regard. Like I know McQuarrie, according to the hit, the articles, uh, uh, um, trying to put a lot of this blame on Tom Cruise, which Universal totally leaked. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Totally. I know McQuarrie was brought in by Cruise to oh, to God. change stuff up, but you know, well, I like on honestly, McC- his McQuarrie's track record is a lot better than Turdsman's, <laughs> so I would. I would be like, he was probably, maybe the changes he was making well, weren't for the worst. You know, I wonder if uh, this Dylan Cussman also, because his actual credit on his IMDb is writer tech for The Mummy. Hmm. That's the thing. You have all these writers, you can, all these ideas can get mishmashed around. And if you have Cruz trying to influence it to some, in some weird way that makes him look good, and you have Kurtzman who just kind of has this really terrible style. I mean, or not even ter- not even terrible style. Just I'm, very bland, it's b- boring. Yeah, this movie is just very. I can't. I know I've said this a million times, but it's so generic. It's so boring to look at. And Kurt's Turdsman here. <laughs> I mean, this guy, this guy. All right, why did you this fucking guy? I mean, they supposedly had him lined up before they even brought on Cruz. They knew what they were getting here. I mean, this guy's... Well, he's he's supposed to be, like, in charge of the whole dark universe, if yeah, I... Yeah, him and Chris correct. Morgan, who does uh, Fast and Furious. Oh, God. From the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, God. They're, they're, this is their brilliant brainchild. And they give this... I mean, this That's is a what big... You got. you got Transformers meets meets Fast and Furious. This some exactly supernatural sprinkling. Yeah. But, well, su- Transformers is supernatural. I mean, yeah, like... Well, Sci-fi. It's alien robots. Sci-fi. I mean, whatever. Okay. But are you going to hand two million, two hundred million dollar movie almost, according to some of these budgets, right? To a guy who's unproven. I mean, he's only been a writer. He had one director credit That's of some a- drama with Chris Pine that didn't do well. <laughs> they got middling reviews. Yeah, and they just thought, you know, oh yeah, people like us, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah you know, he's got this. He's just such. He's one of the biggest Hollywood mysteries, and he is a huge point to me of how in like they have their boys out there, mm-hmm. and these people keep failing upwards. He's he's from like born and raised in L.A. too, so it's he's just continually failed upward. I mean, his he he wrote tons of those movies with his writing partner Robert Roberto or- Orchi, or is it Robert uh, Roberto Orsai? Orsai. I, I, I don't know if that's pronounced. Yeah, he, I mean, and they're they're responsible for just a lot of bad movies. Yeah. 
a lot of crappy script, but they're all. And if you watch like these movies, they all seem to have like generic blockbuster beats. Like they're mm-hmm. like we're we're fifteen minutes in, we need an action scene. We're twenty four minutes in, we need to do this. All right, we need we're you know it's like all these points and like they're right by like test audience reaction cards. Or yeah, it's like a paint by numbers blockbuster style. I mean, it's just. <sighs> it's just uh like oh look universal also did uh like cowboys and aliens and they they wrote that and he wrote that john favreau directed it but like that's exactly the you could probably like insert sequences from the mummy into cowboys and aliens almost seamlessly except for the period part and the mummy thing you could just like swap them out real quick it's i mean this same beats this, let's just talk about this movie for a minute please it is vital to be extremely thorough at every step because sometimes an item that appeared to be insignificant will later prove to be of crucial importance. I watched this movie today for the first time, earlier today. I watched it two days ago. And, and it's just, this is nothing like the Brendan Fraser movie. I mean, that movie at least had, it had heart, it had some fun characters, it had people you rooted for. This movie, first of all, right off the bat, we as we mentioned earlier, they show you this dark universe yeah. logo right. and just the goddamn balls on these guys <laughs> to present to us the like you might as well say part one of ten yeah like before this movie shouldn't is, you have a hit first like one hit that like says all right people dig this let's expand out from here instead of just being like it's like you're force feeding for people. Everybody, I mean, all these people, they want to, and you see it with Warner Brothers and the DC, they all want to copy Marvel, but they don't have the patience. No. Like, not at at all. Marvel rolled out tons of solo movies, at least, you know? And, like, you saw these characters, they didn't say Iron Man wasn't coming out and they released a cast photo of all the Avengers photoshopped right. together. Right. Well, was the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, though, like, that wasn't a term when the first Iron Man no, came No, it was a rumor for a while. I mean, but they it, had it little clues. But come up about until, like, wasn't there an acquisition or when Disney finally got involved? Or I no. thought there was something where, like, there wasn't a real, a real push for it until they were, like, a few movies in or so. No, they were always planning it. I mean, they only had their certain characters, and back then it was more confusing for some people because the Spider-Man and the X-Men franchises were oh, big, right, right. but they weren't involved. And Iron Man was the first one, and at the end they had the tease of where Nick Fury shows up and he says, I want to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative. Oh, and you're like, whoa. Right. And so fan- most people didn't know. You know, it's just a little... Te- and then Incredible Hulk comes out, no connection really, until after credits... Uh, Robert Downey Jr. shows up, mm. and he's just like, hey, I want to talk to you about something called the Avengers Initiative, and now you're getting the ball rolling. Right. But then you have more and more and more. I mean, there's how many solo movies before the Avengers? A lot. Anyway, yeah. the point is, right off the bat, they're like, fuck you guys. We're going to have this whole shit planned. We got a logo. We released a <laughs> shitty Photoshop photo of all these guys in suits. It looks, it's going to be great. You're going to love it. Open your fucking mouth and eat this shit. Yeah. I'll eat the shit salad. I don't care. <laughs> There's just so many things in this. Like, I, I, you can nitpick movies, obviously, but there's well, some, clearly there's some things in this movie that just just boggle me. Like, there's all right. Remember when in the beginning when they go into the well, hold tomb? on. Let, let me let all me right. let me give a, a quick recap of the actual plot of this film because please do people think mine will be mommy. full of rage. Okay, so Tom Cruise is a is in the military. 
Is uh, he young? He's young in the old army. Man. He's in the army on like uh, recon or something. I don't know. He, so he basically likes he's to steal artifacts and sell them on the black market. And he's in Iraq with the army, and he's like, "Oh, this town. They might have some treasure here." And they they order a drone strike on the town of the, his cowardly friend, who's also in the army, mm-hmm. uh, Jake Johnson, who Jake I like, by the way. I didn't not, like him not in this. in this role. Yeah. It was weird, but we'll get to the, we'll get to Jake Johnson. Uh, so they blast a hole in this town. They find this tomb, and then uh, Doctor Love Interest shows up, and they mm-hmm. go down there and they pull this sarcophagus. It's like, oh my god, it's an Egyptian tomb in Persia, which is really far away. And so, and can I jump in right there on the in this just that scene? I yes. just have a comment on that. That on that when they release her from her tomb. All right, he just he shoots rope. And, and it, it just a pulls a metal chain that they wouldn't have been able to build in ancient Egypt. And it just pulls the, the sarcophagus straight up out of the water. Yes. Right after she had just said all this shit was designed to keep it locked in there, to keep it down. I think she was just wrong. But then it's a, this is a tomb. This is a prison. She calls it straight up prison. Yeah. But yeah, there was one cord you cut and it just pulls her, pulls the thing right. Why do you, why is it designed that way? I, why, why, why do yeah, you why ever have designed to, free? to ever free it? What, what I mean, purpose like, would they have to ever free a dead person? Do we put lifts in our fucking graves in the cemetery <laughs> in case you want to get those coffins Easy out Easy excavation for the, in case they think they were murdered? I don't know. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, that's a great point, actually. <laughs> so anyways, he frees, he, yeah, he shoots this metal chain that lifts the, uh, lifts the sarcophagus out of uh, a pool of mercury, which is also not really a thing. I don't, it's like weird how the mercury like naturally or not naturally just like cascades into this, and mm. if they'd have been around the mercury like that with the fumes, it would have been like poisoned within very quickly. At least they did not go swimming in the mercury. At least yeah, they did not. Um, so they he frees the the sarcophagus and it like looks at him has like this weird malformed face on the outside of it, and he like gets this vision and he becomes the chosen one for this female mummy who was well if you saw tom cruise you'd be like damn i'm choosing well, yeah. him i mean that young old man is and hot. she she needs the chosen guy because back when she was alive she tried to bring the god uh of death set i believe which it was. was isn't even the right egyptian god either they got oh. that wrong too <laughs> well, um nobody could google that again. yeah uh I think it's it's supposed to be Ra is the god of death and Set is like the god of of um, misery and something else. But uh, so she tries to bring him to human. <laughs> then that form. is the proper god because this movie but, well, yeah, brings you true. misery. <laughs> she tries to sacrifice a guy to bring bring human form to Set, but she's killed and and mummified alive, which also is incorrect because they didn't mummify her; they just wrapped her in cloth and threw her into a. A sarcophagus mm. mummification is like taking the organs out. Yeah, and, and, all and that. you know in the Brendan Fraser one, they mummify him alive as well. But his organs were in little jars, right? And yeah, that's, he has to get it's, them all they back. They just basically dissect you while you're alive, yeah, as opposed to suck. just wrapping you in cloth and throwing you in a and burying you alive, which is still a terrible death. But the, they couldn't even get that. It's, that was written. Top that was five. That was a death. voiceover line: mummified alive, and then to just show her being wrapped in the cloth and thrown into the thing. But so. She Tom Cruise becomes the new human being that she wants to bring set to life with, mm-hmm. uh, with this dagger, and it, with this, this by being special chosen. dagger, and he's chosen. So now he has these visions, and he's like drawn to her, 
Um, so they fly the sarcophagus back to it, to where were they even flying that to? I think they're going back to England or some shit. Were they going to England or they just happened to? I don't know. I don't know. They crash in England because that's where this dagger is because the, the Knights Templar <laughs> captured it. So. <laughs> they got to get the dagger back from the Knights. If I anybody has lost track, story. Like, please send us a tweet and yeah. we will tweet you back. Yeah, the Knights Templar were involved at some point, and they got this dagger, and they separated the dagger to somewhere else, and then the, they buried this special jewel that has to go on it with one of the Knights Templar in his tomb. Uh, they need the dagger. God, so they need the, the dagger. She the needs the dagger and the gem to stab him to bring this to spring set to human form. Um, there you go. That's pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty. And so then the rest <laughs> of it's just them like trying to make trying that to happen, or trying to stop, stop her, it. or trying to run from her, and then her. And let's not forget Dr. Jackal's in this. Yes. Okay. All right. So I've I've stated that played by Russell Crowe. The plane crash. So they're flying back in yep. this army um, transport plane, mm-hmm. and the with the sarcophagus, and like she ca- causes like a massive birds to gather, and they hit the mm-hmm. plane, and they have this really cool zero gravity crash scene where they did it for real in the zero gravity plane, and they did like forty six takes of them, and it's it's like. There's VFX, obviously, but they shot it in the actual plane, and it's sort of like one take where they're like rotating around, and that stuff was puking. Like that was kind of a neat sequence, and then the plane crashes, and Tom Cruise dies. But then, because of the sarcophagus and the connection to the mummy, she brings him back to life. (laughs) Yeah, you know, perfectly healthy. No, I, I was, I think he's like immortal because he's chosen. Yeah, I guess. And so, until she can stab him, he can't be like hurt. And that then actually it, makes more point as the part when he got thrown out of the car in the trailer and in the movie. Like, I mean, it would make sense, I guess, for why he could get like owned as often as he does. Yeah. But then also, like, the whole movie is like we're following an immortal guy. There goes any tension. Right. I don't know if it's ever say, stated that he's immortal, but mm. it, you get the vibe that nothing's going to happen to him because she needs to stab him. And then well, and she even the one Doctor Love Interest even says, "I can't believe he survived that plane crash. Don't even have any scratches." But he didn't, though, right? Because he... It was like he can't died. be hurt. But he was in a body bag. He wakes up in a body bag. So they must have assumed he was dead. Maybe he healed? I don't know. I, I don't... Yeah, well, okay. So that... <laughs> yeah. So the, the plane crash... Like, up to that point, I'm already, like, the weird tone of the movie. Tom Cruise's character is a dick, for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, his sidekick is a whiny bitch. And, like, super cowardly. And just... It's just annoying. And Tom Cruise is, is. I don't know. Let's uh, not ignore our lady lead. Uh, what's her name? Um, you don't even know. That's my point. She's so she doesn't really do much, and she's she just screams. She makes sure you know uh, that Tom Cruise's character's name is Nick, and she, she screams it a million oh, times. She like knows when you know has certain things to reveal in the plot, and yeah. that that she's a love interest. And that she's there for Tom Cruise to look at her Annabelle Wallace. stomach. Annabelle Wallace. And Tom Cruise personally uh, chose her, I, I read. He uh, saw her in Peaky Blinders. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I did read that too. Peaky. And he was like, she's that. hot. I want to work with Is her. Is it weird that she was in the movie Annabelle? When her name's Annabelle? I think that was the casting choice there. It was just like, oh, her name's Annabelle. You should be in this yeah. movie. She showed up to the audition thinking it was about her. She was in X Men First Class. I mean, she's. I mean, I, she was fine. Like it wasn't her fault by any means uh, for her role. It was just very. She was fine, but her role just was. 
it's like they're like, oh, we need a girl in here to do this stuff and and to have sex with Tom Cruise in the scene that we didn't get to see before the movie, and then we can right. re- refer to it several times. Yeah, they oh they make so many dumb oh the the sex jokes like these like third grade sex jokes that they make right off the bat. I think it lasted longer than fifteen it was seconds. Like, uh, for like fifteen seconds, and then he gets hung up on the fifteen seconds thing. The the tone of the film with the the humor was so just misplaced. And I think that that really goes for the Jake Johnson character. Where I like Jake Johnson. And I really like him in the role of Nick and New Girl, and uh, he he's very similar uh, in this movie a bit. He's really jokey and, and complaining about stuff, and and I think it worked in the beginning scene when they're running around and everything's shooting, and he's yeah. like complaining about it because I would be in that situation, like, "Why well, you're getting me shot at?" But yeah, but then when he's like this weird, like super casual undead thing. It was very, yeah. like, clashing. So he gets bit by a spider while they're in the tomb getting the sarcophagus. And then he, he like, dies, but then comes back to life. What does he come back as? A ghost? Like as a, a vision, almost. He's like a vision. Because he's not just physically Cruise, there. And he has this really stupid humor. Yeah. It's just really, and it's really awkward. They they said that they, like, it was a blatant, well, I don't want to say ripoff, but, like, it was heavily inspired by a different film. An American werewolf. Or... Well, look at me. I'm your jokey on dead friend. I tried to kill you. Well, it, it was literally something like that. Let's uh, get this over with. At least he was there to move the plot along by saying, let's get this over with. <laughs> yeah. Let's get you to where you need it. And I was like, I agree. Let, let's get this over with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got to a point where I was just like, you know, I really, I'd, I'd rather just see Tom Cruise get stabbed. Like, those would be more interesting if he turns into set incarnate. See, that's the thing. I think some of these movies miss it. And I think this week, with, you know, like you said, he kind of, Tom Cruise kind of comes across as an a hole. Yeah. And like in in the other mummy, and I'm going to keep going back to this because it's such a better movie, with <laughs> Brendan Fraser, his character comes across sort of like that. Like, he doesn't care about this girl at first. You know, he like, She's like, oh, you know, he kisses her and she thinks it meant something. He's like, hey, it just seemed like a good idea before I got killed, you know, kissing a girl. <laughs> right. But like, he's like, a, like a little hard edge, but like lovable. Like you, re- like you, and he's like a, you know, and Tom Cruise was not like that. No. And also, he was uh, <laughs> not a fifty-four-year-old man should not be running around acting like he, you know, and we just all act like he's some young man. I mean. He doesn't look, except for his weird chest, uh, he doesn't look that terrible. How he's, he's, how long do you think he worked out for that one oh, scene? Well, no, I, I read that it. he invited uh, Jake. He invited Jake Johnson to train with him for like 110 days or something before they shot this, so he'd be ready for this. Because Tom Cruise likes to do all of his stunts and all that. So, so one thing we didn't really touch on in this movie is there's a the there a giant world building subplot of Doctor Jackal played by Russell Crowe yeah. in this movie, yeah. and he's if he, any of you have seen the MCU movies, he's more of the, the Nick Fury type, obviously. That's kind of like recruiting the people. Yeah, uh, he is also the one who calls Tom Cruise young man. Yeah, and he's actually a year younger than Tom Cruise. Is he? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, then you know what? I give Tom that because he does not look. He does not. Than I mean, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe is definitely looks his age. But yeah, you think you think uh, he had the they had to do that line a few times because he kept laughing. Yeah, it's probably like I can't do this. <laughs> 
But of course, you can't have Dr. Jackal in it without an appearance from Mr. Hyde. So they have the right. scene when he... And it's so forced. Oh, and it's so, so completely forced. pointless just because... They know people are going to be like, where Jack, Dr. Jekyll's in this. They're going to be gone. Where the fuck? He's got to go hide. He's got to go hide. He didn't have to go hide because the first scene we see him, he starts turning and he has like a weird issue and then he injects himself with this thing and then he gets better. And it's like, all right, you've you've like teased you, at, yeah. at Mr. Hyde. But once again, Universal had Dr. to blow Hyde. its load. Yeah, it totally had to blow its load. It was like, oh, yeah, we got to have him go full hide. You got to go hide. And he had the cock, Cockney accent and everything that's become like a, a Jekyll or a Hyde thing, apparently. And also, with that point, like he, he uses the medicine on himself. Yeah. And then not too long later, he starts to freak out again. And he doesn't get the medicine in time. And he turns. How long does that medicine fucking last? Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Like, does he have to take that shit every three hours? Every, if that, I mean, yeah, that's. It didn't seem like much it, time. Wouldn't you passed. get like a, just a slow drip IV bag that you could just, like, yeah, just carries it around? Do like a bane? <laughs> do like a bane thing, or you just wear a, a like who puts this guy in charge who could freak who could freak <laughs> freak out every Miss <laughs> Bane who could freak I'm out every Doctor Jekyll. <laughs> Uh, I'm even doing the hands over my face like that. That's very. That's how you do it. That's how you get it good. good. It just makes no sense. It, it doesn't make any sense. What doesn't really make? Okay. Uh, I was, I was stubbornly, not with the film. I'll say, but I was like, all right, this is, and I was like, where is this going? Because like, if he doesn't get stabbed, then he stops her, and then that's the end. So, they get in this weird fight in the woods where. Tom Cruise is the best. I've never seen someone drive so well through a very narrow tree-lined road. Well, Tom Cruise is being, the best at everything. While being attacked by skeleton zombie things. So the mummy, she'll, she'll like suck the life out of humans and like regain her, her human flesh more like, and more. Like Emotep did in yeah, the other one. The, the, but this yeah. one is more sexy because she's a girl. She's hot though. I mean, she's a give girl. That. So she doesn't just like creepily suck it out. Yeah, she, she like kisses, kisses them. You. Yeah. Uh, so, so she, she is like sucking the life and the, these people though, they become like mummy zombies. Yeah. And they chase sure. and then like they have all these fun things where they like smash them apart and like they takes a head and like smashes somebody with a skull and just And also other things that are dead are suddenly mummies. Like all those, yeah. those Oh yeah, knights. she can just like raise bodies from the dead. Yeah, and all and those become... she summons all those crusader knights. Yeah. But it's like last I checked when crusader knights died, they didn't mummify they themselves. Didn't them. So why are they Well, mummies? they weren't mummified. They were just undead. Like they're just zombies at that point. Yeah, but that's the thing. When the mummies are resurrected, they have some semblance of skin and stuff to walk because of the mummification yeah. process. But these dudes would just be all fucking bones because they weren't mummified. I, I mean, I, should we should we gonna, text Alex? Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's call a doctor. Could we have a call? Do- call in a doctor. Can we? I mean, we need to call a helpline of some sort. this movie. Okay, so that. The, he's fighting off these things that are attacking him while he's driving this van, um, and they crash the van. And in the trailer, she's like, "Oh, kick her ass!" He takes a tree branch, like he's what, like what? The, you've seen all the supernatural stuff that this mummy can do up to this point. You think you're gonna go after her with a tree branch? And also, this uh, Miss Archaeologist Egyptian expert here is like, "Yeah, go kick her ass!" Like the, <laughs> it's just so bad. It's so. So like, out of character for these already 
stupid characters. But so he goes to attack her, and she kicks his ass, of course. Because that's the whole setup. Yeah, and yeah, then we're gonna kick, and then he just he gets, gets knocked three hundred feet into the air, and then falls down, and with oddly without a scratch, which again maybe is, plays into the whole he's immortal until she stabs him with the super knife sword dagger. Uh, so. At that point, you're like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? And then she starts getting shot with all these uh, arrows, crossbows, yeah, attached to... Like harpoons. Harpoon, yeah. And, like, all these people come rushing in, and they knock out Tom Cruise with a dart. And it's like this... Uh, it's like a SWAT team, a yeah. supernatural SWAT team. Supernatural SWAT. And so they come in, and they take... They capture the mummy. They capture everyone. They wake up in this lab, and that's where we meet Dr. Jekyll. And it's like this clandestine organization dedicated to fighting monsters. That's where we learn all these details. That's where... We get to go through Easter egg room. Oh, yeah. Easter egg room was Easter great. Room. I was uh, I was like, oh, hey, it's uh, it's the creature from the Black Lagoon hand. And Whoa, vampires go. And then uh, there was another one, I think, too, but... Can't wait for all these other dark universe movies. Yeah, it it was just so forced to setting up this this world, and we uh, so they start pumping mercury into the mummy because apparently mercury is like a way to to stop evil spirits. I don't. Yeah, they're gonna and then it's gonna. I'm gonna pump myself full of mercury, like mercury at the end of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking <Yeah>. in me. <laughs> so mummify uh, me, damn it. I. And then, so eventually, Tom, the mummy, of course, she escapes, and... And they have to fight. They have to fight, and Tom Cruise gets the dagger, and he... he and he stabs himself. He stabs himself to be turned into what? I don't He gets possessed, know. but he c- controls it, and now he's the mummy. And could we talk about what bull fucking shit that is? <laughs> This like whole movie, okay, you're setting up the cinematic universe, and this is supposed to be like one of the first ones you get. You're gonna yeah. get the mummy. The mummy's joining the team, guys. And it's all a huge fucking bait and switch. Yeah. You think you're getting so wait, he, Sophia, but now Tom Cruise is the mummy. So he is the mummy? Is that how that works? He has like supernatural mummy powers now. And they're like, God We're gonna it. need a monster to fight a monster, so we're gonna need to find him again oh. one day. Yeah. But it's like this whole time. Yeah, he rides off Sophia on the got literally screwed. in the dirt. To jump, jump back. Yeah, and this, that totally. scene when Tom Cruise, all right, when he defeats her, he steals the the dagger from her and yeah. he stabs himself. Yeah. And that scene is such again writers be, like not even thinking about what they just fucking wrote. All right, she was just shown she's beating the fuck out of him. Mm-hmm. She has incredible strength, you know, supernatural strength, and she's clutching a dagger. And he takes the dagger out of her hand without her noticing. How do you take a dagger? Out of somebody's hand that they're clutching, yeah, with superhuman that strength. She's, she's literally been trying to get to the entire time. But suddenly he could just tip pry this dagger stealthily from her super freaking strong hands, and she doesn't even notice. It is why, 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 turdsman, why? Bear in mind that evidence of suicide is sometimes hidden before authorities are called for insurance and embarrassment reasons. Ugh. So, moral of the story, movie's a turd. But let me ask you this, Steve. Oh. Could this have been prevented? Yes. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think they all, always 
You could always say it could be prevented. Everything could be prevented if you go back far enough. Yes. But, like, what particular... I think the better question is how could it have been prevented? And, and you know what? It could have not. Like, <laughs> honestly, I feel like the way this movie, it could have made Gangbusters money and still been as terrible as it was. Just on a weird on a weird weekend where the public was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll see Tom Cruise in, in Supernatural Mission Impossible. So you, you blaming, you saying that Wonder Woman is that blame? You're um, saying it was just the w- I could see bad that. timing. I could see it being, being bad timing with Wonder Woman hot off the its first weekend and having a lot of good buzz. And I think the only way this movie could have been prevented is if different people were in charge. Because I agree. The people, like I said, this is what they wanted. The decisions show that this is what they wanted. It totally does. Everything lined up just, and and they were like, I don't care what went wrong. You know? Yeah. And I think a big thing, too, another way that this, you know, could have not been so bad is obviously, I mean, you have to go back because this is what they wanted. So you've got to really change it. Right. But. The decision to not set this in the past drives yeah. me insane. And when I first heard about this movie, it was one of my big complaints right at the bat. Like, why is, why is this in modern day? Why does this look like Mission Impossible? The mummy. You know? And it this, like, these monsters are all creations of their time. Yeah. I think, you know, Dracula, Franken- Frankenstein's monster, the mummy, they're all... These like even the older movies are set in a, a bygone era, yep. an era when things are scarier, when thing when you can't be like, oh, let me just pull out my gun and blast it away, right? Let me be- pull up my super uh, medication that I formulated in my super laboratory to c- cure all of the monsterness. Yeah, I mean, in like when these mo- when these monsters were really ingrained into people as like something scary, mm-hmm. which by the way, you know, again, uh, aren't these horror movies? No, they're action movies now. But yeah. like like that's because the thought of a werewolf when all you have is a shitty flintlock pistol is a is yeah. a, a force of of terror. And you're out in the woods. And also, uh where is where is the wolfman? I don't know. It'd probably come up eventually in their plans if they ever had. Were they just trying to distance themselves from the one they already made not that long ago? <laughs> Maybe. That's <laughs> why there's no current Dracula in the slate because Dracula. No, there is. Untitled Dracula. Yeah. Dracula Untold was originally supposed to oh, be the right, first yeah. one and then of the dark universe. And then they're like, no, now this is the first one. And now they're like, fuck. <laughs> I bet that other Wolfman was also, right? Or is that I th- Benicio I don't think Del Toro? And at Anthony the time, Hopkins? I don't think it was time to be part of anything. 2010. Yeah, I don't know if they if they would have thought that. But it's just. But that was at least a period piece. So yeah, I mean, one of the things I hate when you set movies like this in modern times is it makes it drives me insane when you see like a creature or something. And then modern day weapons are completely ineffective. Yeah. Like I get like a vampire traditionally cannot die from a bullet. Okay. I get that. But a bullet is shot at 17,000 miles per hour. If you're fucking ridden, like a corpse vampire comes in your door or you're in the military, like in this movie and you have five people shooting fully automatic machine guns, just the pure force and caliber is going to blow that fucking thing away. I mean, it was just at least, yeah, the physics are still at play. (laughs) 
And Regardless if it kills it, it's still going to be, like, moved physically. Like, is a wolfman as scary when they're sending an Apache helicopter at it? Yeah, or a Predator drone strike, <laughs> as this film did. Like, I don't want to see the wolfman versus an Apache helicopter. Why or is this you, movie set that? Might. What if he was driving that? I think that is called Rampage, and that comes out with The Rock very shortly. Ooh, <laughs> Wolfman okay. versus the helicopter. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> we'll get what I wanted. But it's just, this should have been, they should have been set in the past. Yeah. They should have been more leaning on their horror roots. Yep. And I think it would have been a cooler universe. I mean, hell, even the old Van Helsing with Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Like, it was, a, it transitioned into more of an action movie yeah it was you know it was an action movie but it was still in the past and still in its element hell that did this better than the mummy Mm -hmm. it had frankenstein's monster it had dracula it was starting it had werewolves Mm -hmm. it was doing this better than they're fucking trying to do universal also yeah because they own they own all the rights to all these characters right yeah do they even own rights at this point aren't they uh, well, they're they're their own. They're, I mean, they're they're called the Universal Monsters. They're yeah, like, there's a Van Helsing. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I don't know if if you have a, a like a copyright on Dracula. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that is true. I don't know. There's a Van Helsing TV show that just is on Sci-Fi. Also, in case you were hankering for some Van Thank in your life. God. Now to say that there's two different things you can say here. To say that it was it could it have been successfully. A successful film at the box office, I think, on a different weekend, maybe a, a a lull at near the end of the summer, or just somewhere where there wasn't as much competition, maybe it could have actually done some, at least one good weekend, maybe made some money. Um, I I still think word of mouth would have kind of destroyed it in the end, but to make it a better <laughs> film, though, yes, I agree that it. it that ship sailed a long time ago when they were like, uh, There's just, this is the team we're putting together. They, they line themselves up for failure and they're, and then they're pointing fingers at everybody but themselves. Yeah. And they said that Tom Cruise had input on the story and on set and the edit and in the marketing. I find that a little hard to believe to be completely true. Uh, I think that was just the universal throwing him under the bus, as we said. Oh, these, yeah. Um, but I could, sounds I mean, like a hit job. I don't know. I could see him maybe having some input and say and wanting. I mean, he's a. No, I do agree. And, you know, and as much as grief as Tom Cruise gets, and I'm, you know, he has a crazy. I don't support our, you know, his crazy religious views. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> but when it comes to movies, the dude is super passionate. And I respect yeah. the hell out of that. Yeah, I and mean, he is a movie fan. He talks about how he watches hundreds of movies a year. Well, like you say, I mean, he's a fan of like he watched Peaky Blinders and saw that actress and it's like, hey, I want you to do this movie. Like, yeah, like he's wa- out there. He's watching. Yeah, he loves the the art. The, I don't think he's as much of a of a diva. I don't know. I I've not heard. I don't put this on Tom. Is what I, I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. I think it's easy to say that oh you know he he tried to push too much influence and wanted the you know wanted this and that because um, you know he's not gonna from what I know I don't know if he's gonna come out and dispute that to be honest their eyes went green with money I mean and once again we see that right off the bat with the dark universe logo <laughs> yes and can we talk talk about that just a little thing. Is when this movie was coming out, before this movie came out, they released a fucking press photo of the Dark Universe. It was all these actors photoshopped together. Wait, they I gotta find this, because I don't think I ever saw this. It has 
Tom Cruise. It has Javier Bardem, who is going to play Frankenstein's monster. Mm. It has Sophia. Uh, how did, what is her last name? Batu- Batula. I don't know how to say her name. Who plays the mummy? It has Russell Crowe's Dr. Jackal. It has Johnny Depp, who is set to play the Invisible Man. Ah, I see that, it now. That's not the right one. That's not the right one? I don't know what the hell that is. It's like them all sitting in this room, and they're all just like wearing suits. Oh, that one. Oh. Yeah. Oh, this one? Yep. The one that I thought was like, ah, that couldn't be it. Yep. That's oh it. Oh, my. That's, that's awful. They released this. So okay. this one actually is better. This is probably just some guy. Steve's looking at, because you guys a, cannot see. It's, a, it's like a, a picture of everyone in a costume and sort of like looking like it's characters. Yeah. Not people, not five actors (laughs) Photoshopped together. Not five actors in suits. In suits. In a generic blank room. And this is a huge point that I'm trying to make here is I think the universal is, is stuck in the past in believing that star power is bigger than it is because not to keep making this MCU thing, but with the MCU, you saw all these characters, and then you you met all these characters, and you imagined what it would be like for them to interact with each other mm-hmm. because you knew them as characters. Right. So why is this photo? Why is that supposed to get us enticed? <laughs> we don't know those characters. We haven't met them. It's, so that means it literally looks like a Vanity Fair cover. Yeah. For just award season. It's just actors that we know. So yeah. that means we're either saying I can't wait to see Johnny Depp interact with Javier Bardem because. And you're imagining just Johnny Depp and Javier Bardem having a fucking conversation. But if you're thinking, I can't wait for their Frankenstein and, right. their, and their invisible man, you don't know those characters. I you, know, you don't know them. You don't. What's enticing about that? I love that, <laughs> that Javier Bardem's in a chair and that like Tom Cruise's hand is on... Is on the chair. Like I don't know. <laughs> also, Tom Cruise is the only one wearing a, a t-shirt. Everyone else tr- yeah, is dressed, dressed very, very nicely. nicely. Yeah, and he's just got a t-shirt and. But it's, it's just. I this, wish this was a video podcast. We could do an analysis of just this photo. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just actors, but they're like, just while they thought Tom Cruise was getting get butts in the seats, they think that they, you know, hey, we released this photo. All these some big name actors, people love it. They're gonna be fucking going crazy. They'll be like, I can't wait to see these guys together. Yep. Because, you know. Yeah, the, uh, the star power thing just doesn't work. But here's here's a better question. Yeah, it's though. not like, 1920. These guys, like, these executives. Executives. Actually, I want to get a message out to the executives' assistants. Oh, yeah. That I know listen to this podcast. <laughs> Go in their office. Take down their calendar. Because, obviously, it hasn't been changed since 1922. Oh. Uh... That's a solid, solid burn there. When you begin the internal examination, make the usual Y-shaped incision. I just don't think there's a way this is going to work in a, in having it be like a cinematic universe. I just don't think that is what these, these characters or stories are built for. If they want to just re, redo and reboot all the classic movie monsters, they could have got like really good horror filmmakers or just like gotten out, gone out there a little bit with get some like more auteur indie filmmakers and say like, Hey, we want to see what your take on creature from the black lagoon or invisible man. Like, what would you do? And you can make like this sort of disjointed franchise, but like they would never have to interact together. And I just don't think that 
is, see, is bankable to them. But see, Steve, that's interesting. But that's not exactly. going to make it's you $200 million. That's going to be a $50 million budgeted at best movie. Yeah. Do like a small indie-ish, you know, not huge. And, you, and you're not going to make, and you make a, maybe you'll make a nice tidy profit, you know, like they used to do. Right. When movies would just make profit, you know, not but jank monsters, I mean, but little by little, little by little. But that that's dead, Steve. You go all in now. $200 million budget movie, and you say, God damn, if we don't make a billion dollars, we're fucked. <laughs> that's such a solid business plan, I think. <laughs> Let's put all our fucking money in this burning basket. <laughs> I Honestly, I would just watch people... Dump money into a burning basket for an hour and forty-seven minutes. I want to have so many questions. I know. Hate, yeah, I just like all right. Things. Like, let's shoot this uh, with like eight cameras, maybe a couple like a nine hundred frames per second, and just show this over and over again. It'd probably be better shot than it this probably. Movie was. To your point about, I don't see how this could be a thing. Well, in the to talk about the repercussions of this film, <laughs> it is not a thing. Oh man! I be- the dark universe is looking universe officially dead. <laughs> yeah, you might want to get that laser off. I just turn it into like a Pink Floyd tattoo or something. I don't know. The dark universe <laughs> is uh, looks like it's officially dead. Bill, uh, the Bride of Frankenstein is supposed to be next, directed by uh, Bill Condon. Oh yeah, Bill Condon. And uh, but in October, it was when pre production was just getting ready to start, Universal pulled the plug and told the crew to go home. Wow. THR reported that... Uh, GTFO. Uh, THR also reported that that Kurtzman and Chris Morgan, the architects behind the Dark Universe, <laughs> who the architects lose... I mean, they, like, built it with toothpicks. They did not go to architecture school. Uh, have left the franchise as Kurtzman is tucked tail and went back to TV, and Morgan is returned to Fast and Furious. So they're gone. And with their departure, uh, leaves the Dark Universe in doubt. And uh, Universal has said that they're currently exploring options because, as we know, they're never going to just straight up be like, yeah, it's fucking they dead. They, these are cash cows for them. These, like, they, or they think they're cash. They, that's what they think they're cash. They're properties that they own. They don't have to pay for any rights. They don't have to, like, do anything but say, you know, here's this thing. Let's regurgitate it. Um and then it goes wrong, and they keep their jobs, and I don't understand. They point fingers, and <sighs> I how, do, how do these people still th- delude themselves into thinking they have a finger on the pulse of society? I wonder how much of this is influenced by Comcast, because Comcast owns Universal and NBC. It's all part of a big thing. And I wonder how much of it is Comcast saying, we need a big cinematic universe franchise to rival marvel and disney because they're our big competitor well ultimately i don't think a lot of the a lot of like filmmakers they're not out there trying to do these things these are the studio execs that want the money that's still the studio the studio execs could even still be like well i don't know but they're getting push pressure from comcast and everyone else higher up on that giant corporate chain that's like hey we need a a billion dollar franchise go I mean, I think everybody's after that. But oh, I think sure, of course. Yeah, everyone wants the billion-dollar franchise, but that I shouldn't mean, be, like, the thing that you're that's completely motivating it. Like, you should want to just make something good, I think, in the heart of it. Yeah, and but see, that's where Turdsman's heart was at. 
Because, you know, Turdsman said he had a quote after this movie's, you know, came out. God. Of where he said, I made this movie for audiences, not critics, because of all the bad reviews. And I just want to say, right now I really wish we were a video review, because I would just do a slow zoom with sad music on the Rotten Tomato audience <laughs> score. The tipped over popcorn at 36% with thousands of reviews. And, and then have him go in, but we made this for the audience. <laughs> Uh, well, I we would like to give it back, Alex. <laughs> Please, we did not ask for this. What is it at? On uh, it's at a five point five on IMDb star rating, um, which I think is probably generous. That is, that's pretty generous for IMDb. Yeah, but if a lot of people, I don't know, when I look at IMDb ratings, it seems like it's really hard to get out of the seven range. So, like, if anything's out of the seven range, I'm always impressed, be it positive or negative. Mm. I just feel like, like things stick in that seven range. The most, the highest uh, percentage of votes are at the six range for this. Really? Yeah. Wow. A lot of, uh, a lot of Tom Cruise fans out there. I didn't really care about this film, and it came and went without me even noticing, to be honest. I was like, oh, yeah, that was a thing that came out. I was like... Why are they doing this? Brendan Fraser's Mummy is amazing. With well, that's the other thing. That was okay. So that was 1999, and then they had two more. They had three. There's. I mean, this was like 18 years later, but but still. but there was another. There were two sequels and a spinoff. Yeah, and the third one, the the third Mummy was. Uh, I mean, whilst it was there's a big gap between Mummy Returns. And yeah, the tomb the of the Dragon tomb, Emperor. Yeah, or whatever. which was pretty shitty. If yeah, I remember it was correctly. Pretty good. Was that back? Was that got to the point where like Brendan was in? I need to make money mode. And Rachel Weiss wasn't even in it. Oh, that's right. But you know, a, on a side note, a, a cool thing that happened though in this in the wake of this new movie coming out was the Brendan Fraser push. Like you can't like if you went to YouTube comments and all this stuff, <laughs> there's all these things, tons of comments going. Where's Brendan? We want Brendan. People love Brendan and there's Fraser. Like, there's a huge pushback for Brendan. And it like brought Brendan back I'm to life. I'm telling you, if they continue this dark universe, he's going to show up as like a 160-year-old Brendan Fraser. A principal aim of the medical legal autopsy is to arrive at findings on the cause of death, such as gunshot wounds, blunt force wounds, sharp force wounds, asphyxia, and the manner of death. So we've talked about this shit show. We got it up on the table. We're putting our knife through the turd to yeah. see what's inside. Steve, let me ask you the question. Put knives and turds. The question we're all wondering. Yeah. What were the fatal blows? What was the cause of death, Steve, for 2017's Mission Impossible, The Mummy? Um, I would say after my autopsy and findings, I just don't think people really cared about it. You don't think people wanted a, a I, new mummy? I don't think this was Our anything cinematic people universe were clamoring for. Of dark monsters. And, and when it wasn't even fun, uh, like I think it just was like, eh, ugh, I'll go see Wonder Woman again type of deal. I think just I, that was my other point with the Brendan Fraser mummy. It was that, yeah, that was 99, but it, it holds up pretty well. It's still like a, still a known great. film. Like it's still popular. It still plays on TV. The sequels, like I think that 
it's just too similar, but then too like doesn't steal enough of the charm of those movies to just warrant. And everyone, I think people it's, may have just been confused, like why? Well, it's like a mummy crawled on top and sucked the life out of the Brendan Fraser mummy. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a very just it's an like, empty husk of, of the <laughs> Brendan Fraser movie. It's like it, but in modern times, with characters that aren't fun yep. and aren't relatable. Trying to shoehorn these other characters. Like, imagine if Dracula showed up in the Brendan Fraser mummy <laughs> movie. It would have been handled better, though. Probably. The tone of that movie was, was much, you know. even And it had several characters who were memorable. Like, uh... Rachel Rachel Weiss was good in it. Yeah, Brendan Fraser. Uh, her brother, um, I don't can't remember the actor's name who played him. Yeah, but he's really fun in that movie. He's, he is. He's kind of like the whiny, uh, whiny bitch, but like he has more of a a reason to be. Yeah, and he has the part where he actually like stands up to him. Yeah, and he's he's his his, his uh, humor or like the way his his character was written and portrayed was much more natural and good. Than the way that Jake Johnson was, or Jack Johnson, Jack Johnson. Oh God! Imagine if Jack Johnson was in this mummy, and he has like a weird original song break. Ooh, I know. <laughs> you imagine? Might be better. Might be that? better. I wish. That's the thing that hasn't. I feel like isn't uh, happening enough of casting musicians and then giving them a a really shoehorned, blatant part to like perform a music like a musical number <laughs> yes yeah because that should really be more of a thing let's bring that back you know at least that's well, like well i believe that happened in battleship i think believe rihanna broke into a, a song at one point i don't know i, I don't just assume so. it didn't i wish that would have helped too but, but hopefully nobody knows the answer because hopefully nobody saw that movie i did see that i feel you like poor bastard i don't know why what is what is your cause of cause of death so to so. keep it i mean when I'm looking at this body, it's just a fucking mess. Like, this dude got hit by fucking 10 trains and dragged for 13 miles. But it's like, I mean, at the end, it's just a complete lack of understanding of what this movie should be, is, I think, what killed this movie. I mean, it shouldn't, I mean, it should have been more, leaned on more of its horror roots. It shouldn't have yep. been in the present. Yep. It shouldn't have been made to be a generic action vehicle for Tom Cruise. Uh, it's just... It didn't ever have to leave the desert. Yeah, I mean, they turned it into a world romp movie. Yeah. We're going around. Which, I guess the original Mummy... We're doing all these things. Does the original Mummy do that? Or is it the second one? They do go to England, and they have that cool uh, double-decker bus fight. Yeah. That was cool. I, th- I don't... That might be the second one. See, to me, like, you could have done something really cool where you find this crazy sarcophagus in the wrong part of the world, Egyptian sarcophagus, and then you get on a train, and you're taking it back to... You probably would take it back to... Some coastal city. Or, or even they Egypt. Ship it. Or somewhere like the Mediterranean, where it would have been a British uh, colony at that point. Yeah, you could do something cool. And you could have had like a crazy like train thing, and then you get to Mm -hmm. the the part, and like. And you could have had something about how bringing it back to Egypt is bad. Yeah. And the other, because the other ancient Egyptian mummies would not want it around. Right, because they they buried it far away because they they got it away for a reason. See, we're spitballing for five minutes. On this podcast, and we've come up with something infinitely more interesting than what they delivered to us. 
You know what the real lesson I learned from all this is? No. I miss Brendan. Ah. Well, I mean, he's still alive. <laughs> you know, and also, I think we have a little bit of... Um, a little bit of uh, goggles on when it comes to the original mummy. And I feel like if I go back and watch the Brendan Fraser mummy, I'm sure there's still stuff that's kind of like, ugh. But it definitely was more fun. And watching it as a younger, as a kid, per se, um, it just was more entertaining. You'd want to watch it over and over again type of thing. This movie did not have that. It didn't even have like a point where maybe if I was going to like... I don't want to watch it the first time. Get a group of people... And like everyone gets some drinks, and like maybe we we uh, have some exposed mercury in the air <laughs> to really get our like minds in a weird place to like a comment. But otherwise, no, I don't I don't see reason to watch it again. There you go, people. The Mummy, twenty seventeen. Watch it with mercury in your veins. Watch it with mercury. That completes the procedures for the medical legal autopsy. Hey, if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. At AT Report Pod. Smash those shares and likes, and if you throw in a tweet, Steve will send you a recent pick. And while you're on iTunes, don't forget to leave us a review, five stars preferably. Reviews show us your love, and we all just want to be, want to be loved. But don't stray too far. Next time, we'll throw another movie on the slab right here on The Autopsy Report. Everything's death with these Egyptians, man. Well, no wonder they they died. Yeah, losers. If they didn't believe in death, you won't die. That's my strategy. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for joining us. And remember, don't believe in death, and you'll be alive forever. <laughs>